This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello everyone and welcome to the Blood Red Channel. I'm Tom Greaves, I'm your host today and joined by Matt Addison. Uh, we're going to talk about Mo Salah's new contract and what that may mean for the rest of the squad going forward. Matt, uh, first of all, how happy are you with what's gone on the last few days? Yeah, I mean, it, it came out of the blue, didn't it? It was um, one of those that we kind of found out about it very, very late in, in the day on, on Friday. But it's one of those that even though it was late on a Friday, you were more than happy to, to do a bit of stuff around it because, yeah, it's it's fantastic news, isn't it? There's no no two ways about it for Liverpool. It was a bit of a, a concern, really, that it had gone on for as long as it did. You kind of thought that if we started the season having to talk about this all the time, it wasn't going to be ideal, really, for, for Liverpool's preparations and title bid and, and all the rest of it obviously the further it got through the season the closer you got to the world cup you're then thinking about january and pre-contract agreements and all of that kind of stuff but yeah we've not even got to, to pre-season yet obviously liverpool's or some of liverpool's players back in in pre-season tomorrow um but yeah it's it's all sorted it's a big boost for, for everyone i think for for him it made sense for the fans for the other players i think it's just something that that everyone can just really look forward to now. You don't have to, to worry about it. It's done, it's dusted. And yeah, it was it was the right decision. Yeah. And as you say, it, it, it did drag on for quite a long time. So do you think it was a case of compromising on both sides? Or do you think the club just kind of said in the end, right, we'll just, just get them done now? Especially with Sadio Mane leaving. Yeah, I think that the Mane thing probably helps in in a way. Obviously, Liverpool have, have succeeded him with Darwin Nunez, who's on a lot less money than what Sadio Mane was on or certainly would have been on if he... Uh, if he had signed a new contract at, at Liverpool. So I think that's kind of what we thought, isn't it? All the time we kind of thought that one of the traditional front three would sign and, and stay, one might be sold and, and one would go on a free contract. And that's kind of how it's shaping up. I think there's, there's a good chance that Roberto Firmino is the one who goes on a free at some point in, in future. Obviously, Liverpool got decent money considering Sadio Mane had 12 months left, but Mohamed Salah was just a different case, wasn't he? far more goals than, than anyone else, far more of a global superstar even than Sadio Mane, who's obviously you know big in his own right. But I think it was always the case, really, that if you could only keep one and sign one to a new contract, it, it probably would be Mohamed Salah, not just for his quality as well, but I think just the kind of durability, his lack of injuries, I think, is is a big thing for Liverpool. And yeah, it, it just makes sense in, in that way. Obviously, as you say, it's, it's big numbers, it's bigger than any contract Liverpool have ever given before in their history. Obviously, we know that the numbers involved are pretty big, around 350 to 400,000 is, is kind of the reports. But I do think it's a bit of a compromise from both sides. I mean, initially there was kind of a suggestion that his agent wanted around half a million a week and he was kind of putting out numbers of, well, this is what Kevin De Bruyne is on, this is what Jack Grealish is on, he's far more... Um, influential and, and more important for Liverpool than they are for, for Manchester City and all of that kind of thing. And to, to some degree, that did make sense, but it always kind of felt like it was kind of put out there to put pressure on Liverpool, similar with the, the line, really, that he'd be open to joining Manchester City or Chelsea or whoever it might have been in the Premier League at some point. I don't think that was ever realistically yeah, going to happen. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It was it was all sort of posturing to, to put Liverpool in a difficult position. But I think there's compromise on both sides. Ultimately, that's what it had to be. Liverpool were never going to give him really, really silly money. But I think that the sort of level that they've come to is 
is the right balance. I don't think anybody else in the squad is going to be looking at that and feeling that it's not something that he deserves. I'm sure we'll we'll come on to talk around what it might mean for, for other players. But yeah, I, I just think it was it's a sensible compromise. It's it's not as much as what Mohamed Salah and his agent was asking for initially, but it's probably more than Liverpool probably wanted to to pay in an ideal world. But listen, if, if you make an exception for anyone, it's it's Mohamed Salah. And do you think it? Do you think it was like tactical timing by the club doing him last? Because we've saw the likes of Van Dijk, uh, Fabinho, obviously even Klopp signing deals over the last year or so. So just to get him done last, do you think? Do you think that was more maybe because it was a harder negotiation, or do you think they deliberately went and put him last because they knew that he'd be the hardest to tie down? I think it's probably a little bit of both, to be honest. I think obviously we saw last summer there was what, five, six, seven contracts that got done. Most of the the big players across the team in Allison and Henderson and all of, of those other players that we went through and, and saw Trent as, as well got one, didn't he, last summer, I think. So, yeah, it was it was one of those where those were kind of the easier ones to do. And quite often, if you've got a lot of, of things to tick off the list, and Liverpool certainly did in the contracts, you know, a year ago we were talking around all of these players that needed doing they've kind of gone through the ones that were easier to take off first and, and kind of got around eventually to doing the Mohamed Salah one and we heard Jurgen Klopp all, all season was kind of saying well it, it's nothing to worry about the fact that it's taken so long it's it's perfectly normal for a player of that caliber which I think to a to a degree was probably just him putting on a brave face I'm sure there was a little bit of um, of concern at certain points in this but yeah I, I think it's probably a combination one is as I say, that the contracts were, were slightly easier too, probably as well. If if you're going to give someone a big contract hike, it probably makes sense to hold off for a year before you do that. Obviously, that the money increase, it's what, eight to, to 10 million more a year, something like that, that he's going to be on than, than what he was on before. So if you wait a year, that's eight or 10 million that you've saved, isn't it? Kept in your pocket rather than giving it to him during the course of, of last season. So yeah, I think it's probably a combination of, of a few things. But yeah, I have to say it was... It was getting slightly concerning to me on on Friday Friday morning. Actually, I wrote a piece around it in terms of the five players that Liverpool have got out of contract next summer. You kind of think that you know a club as as well run as Liverpool probably wouldn't have left it that late. Obviously, still got work to do with Cater and Firmino and Oxlade Chamberlain. I think probably will stay this season, but go on a free and James Milner as well. There's a kind of decision really on his part rather than Liverpool's to make beyond next summer, but. Yeah, to, to get to the last year or less than a year for, for all five of those players was a bit of a concern. But obviously, you take Mohamed Salah out of that equation and things look very, very different, don't they? So, yeah, that was that was the big one to get done. The others, I think, if Liverpool want to keep them, it should be fairly straightforward. Yeah, it, it seemed like Jürgen was getting asked about it in press conferences every week, didn't it? Like throughout the course of last season. But um, just looking ahead to the squad that we're actually going to have now, in the season, you'd probably say Diaz, Nunes, Nunes, and Salah is the favoured front three. How exciting is that? Just to have, just to have that option. Yeah, it's it's exciting to look forward to, isn't it? I'm sure we'll see a bit of it in pre-season. Um, just sort of thinking about the the combinations that that would seem to be the one that would be the obvious one to go for straight away. But I don't know. There's still a part of me that thinks that Darwin Nunez maybe gets sort of eased into it a little bit more. Obviously, Liverpool have spent a, a huge amount of money on him, and they can't sort of hold off with that for too long. He's got to come in and and make an impact straight away. 
partly I think just around the, the kind of narrative of that transfer it's important that you hit the ground running when someone has spent that sort of money on you there's going to be comparisons to Erling Haaland as well I'm sure he's going to probably hit the ground running at Manchester City so probably helps Liverpool if they can have their equivalent sort of doing the, the same thing but yeah I, I suppose that would be on paper the three that you'd think were were the strongest I think Roberto Firmino is probably going to have a much better season this season than what he did last season which again is interesting with the the contract dynamic for him in the last 12 months of, of his deal I think you know when we saw Roberto Firmino last season he was very very good his goals record in terms of the number of minutes he played was very good the issue obviously was he got three or four separate muscle injuries and, and just whenever he came back into the team there was always a bit of an issue that kept him out of it so even if it's just as, as a sub I think Firmino can certainly have a role to play certainly can have a role to play if Liverpool switch to a front four and go for a, a 4-2-3-1 or a, that kind of a formation playing as, as a number 10 I think that can be something to look out for and of course we shouldn't forget Diogo Jota either obviously 21 goals last season tailed off a bit like Salah himself actually in the second half but in the first half was was just superb so it wouldn't massively surprise me if Jota started the season and, and Darwin Nunez was kind of eased into it but I don't think there's going to necessarily be a front three that Liverpool stick to it's it's not like Salah, Firmino and, and Mane it's it's very much a case of I think there's there's only a maximum of, of four five days between games from I think the end of August all the way through to the World Cup so it's going to be one of those where Liverpool need these options. They need all of these players to be involved and, and hit the ground running as well because you know they, they've not got Minamino and Origi. They've not got those kind of options to, to turn to. It's very much a case of all of these players are going to be involved just because there's just so many minutes. I agree. I think Liverpool are too savvy now to just buy, in, in terms of talking about Nunes, I think we're too savvy to just buy a player for a big amount and then just throw him in because we've done that. I think Jürgen and the staff will take the time to bed him into the team, wait until he's ready and just get him going that way. I think from outside looking in, you can say the media will put pressure on Nunes to just perform straight away because of because of his price tag, but I just don't think the club will see it like that. I think we're too, we're too smart for all that now, but with the strike force and, and and the contract what what do you think is going to happen now with transfers going forward do you think the front five like you say is pretty set now or do you think maybe bobby could be out next season and we could see somebody else come in or carvalho come up through or how do you think it's going to go yeah i mean carvalho is is the interesting one isn't he i, I noticed on the, the club's website they've put him down as a forward for next season rather than a midfielder but i still think there's there's a big part of me that, that thinks he might be a midfielder long term. Certainly, that's kind of what I was expecting when he first signed, obviously, with Harvey Elliott having done the same thing. There's been a bit of a move with that, but I suppose that will kind of take care of itself, won't it? They'll take a look at him in pre-season. They'll see next season when he gets the opportunities in the forward line. He is one of those that if you put him in a position to score a goal, he's got the ability to to find that finish. So maybe it, it does make sense for that to, to be sort of further forward rather than a little bit further behind and, and creating. I think if you've got someone who's quite clearly, I think he got, what was it, 11 goals last season for, for Fulham, something like that. I think if you've got that kind of talent to, to be able to get that sort of numbers, maybe it makes sense to, to put him a little bit closer to goal rather than in midfield. But I think that will kind of, of take care of itself. I think... The interesting one as well is is what you do with with Firmino. I think it'll basically come down probably to his fitness as much as anything. I think if he has another season like last season where he's not really been involved that much, possibly then Liverpool have a an opportunity to, to freshen things up, 
let him go on a free and, and bring someone a little bit more reliable and a little bit younger into the fold in, in, in the next transfer window next summer. But there's still an opportunity that he comes back. And I think I'd expect him to have a better season than what he had last season, but it's just a case of, of is that enough to offer him a new contract? It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if they give him, say, a, another year or, or two years. And then I think you're probably pretty set, pretty, uh, pretty settled with the, the five options that you've got. But yeah, I mean, Firmino's been a huge part of, of this Liverpool team. You can't write him off, but if he has another season like he had, possibly then you've got a bit more of a decision to make. And it wouldn't necessarily be a player that was similar to Firmino coming in. You could see a bit more of, of an evolution for Liverpool. But I think certainly as it stands right now, probably the uh, the midfield is, is is the big one to look at next summer when you think of, of Oxlade-Chamberlain moving on, maybe Milner as well. Even if Cavalio ended up in midfield, you'd probably at least need one next summer. Obviously, Jude Bellingham would be the one that, that people would want, but whether that would happen, we don't know for, for sure. But yeah, I think for now, I think Liverpool are pretty settled with the, the forward line, but it kind of hinges pretty much on Firmino. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. It will be interesting to see what they do with the midfield because I think Firmino has all the characteristics to be able to drop back and do a job in midfield. So I think we'll kind of see how that pans out at the start of the season really when he starts to pick his teams and see where we go from there same with Carvalho how he starts playing him it'll all start to make sense as soon as we get going um, but do you think in terms of offering a new contract now to players the likes of Firmino do you think the illusion of not being held to ransom is kind of gone for Liverpool they've always done they've always done a good job of trying to keep the doors closed on what they're doing and they've always been quite stubborn but do you think now after offering Salah reportedly 350 grand a week, that's kind of been dented? I think it has to an extent. Um, I think that the idea that Liverpool don't pay the big wages is it's a, a little bit of a myth anyway. I think they, they pay as a squad, as a whole, as much as Manchester City. I think they're, they're right up there in terms of the top three or four wage bills in world football. It's just that it tends to be a little bit more spread out. It's not like you've got, you know, Grealish and whoever else on 400,000 a week and then you've got lots of others who are on much less it, it just tends to be a little bit more kind of spaced out at Liverpool so the idea that they don't pay big wages is is true to an extent but not really in terms of the squad as a whole it's it's kind of fairly even which does make sense obviously it keeps players happy if they're all on broadly the same amount obviously there is a big difference between sort of 80 to, to 100 and then sort of Thiago and Van Dijk and, and that kind of group on that 200 220 kind of mark but obviously Salah is, is significantly more than those now but I don't think necessarily that that will be a problem I think I suppose it might be a problem in terms of players coming into the club if, if you made a big transfer for example not necessarily Jude Bellingham but just to use him as an example if Liverpool were to spend 100 million on him he could conceivably turn around and say well 100 million is a huge transfer fee you need to pay me the wages to, to kind of match that but I suppose in terms of the actual squad themselves like you said before they've all kind of gone through that process last summer they knew that Mohamed Salah signing a big contract was a potential that's probably something that they all wanted to happen Virgil van Dijk was one of the first to, to kind of congratulate Liverpool and Salah on getting the deal done we saw him responding to the tweets on Friday so I don't think it's it's necessarily a problem I think as much as anything else 
Van Dijk, Allison, all of those players, they've only just got their new contracts. They can't really turn around and say, well, you need to give me another one off the back of, of Salah. Liverpool have kind of got two or three years now in which that's not going to be an issue. So I think it was was one of those where there were a few concerns around what it might mean for the rest of the squad. But for me, fundamentally, it's it comes down to a choice of would you rather Mohamed Salah was paid a lot more than everyone else or would you rather not be able to play with Mohamed Salah anymore? And I think for Van Dijk, Alisson, Thiago, all of those players, that's that's a pretty pretty simple choice to make in the end. Yeah. And do you think maybe this contract could... You mentioned earlier that Salah kind of tailed off towards the end of the season. Do you think the contract could just re-energise him or give him a new kind of confidence heading into next season? Yeah, it can't help, uh, can't harm him, can it? I think it'll only help that he's obviously had a little bit of a break as well. I think a lot of people kind of looked at the contract situation at the last sort of few weeks of, of last season and kind of thought, is that the reason why he's tailed off? Is that a bit of a distraction for him potentially? I'm not sure it, it really ever was, to be honest. I think he probably in his head knew that he'd be at Liverpool next season. He said that, didn't he, before the, the Champions League final, that it wasn't really something he was thinking about. He expected to be at Liverpool next season, regardless of what happened with the contract. But I think for me, the bigger thing was just the, the sheer volume of games that he played. Obviously, what was it four or five periods of extra time during AFCON? quickly, one after the other as well. It just kind of appeared to me that he'd just been burnt out, essentially. It was a, a, a tough period as well. I think he, he mentioned it after the, the contract was signed. Of Obviously, last season ended disappointingly in the, the Premier League and the Champions League, but it was, generally speaking, a really, really good season for Liverpool. The, the thing for him was that he'd missed out on AFCON. He'd then missed out on going to the World Cup both times against Senegal and, and Sadio Mane. So I think that probably mentally took a toll, but just physically as well. You look at the number of minutes that he's played. He's not one of those players that you can kind of take out and just sell it to him as you need a rest. He wants to play every second of every game. And I think that the five subs will help in that actually next season. I think if Liverpool are a couple of goals up, you've got that extra option now to just give him, you know, 10 minutes if, if he comes off on 80 and he's already got a goal and, and Liverpool are a couple of goals up. Obviously, 10 minutes isn't huge, but if you can do that sort of every couple of weeks, you can give him that. That's probably the better way of, of being able to manage him. And I think as well next season, the World Cup, obviously, he's not going to it and he won't like that. But it just gives him another mini pre-season in the middle of the season, doesn't it? It's it's a bit of a winter break for him. He can go full pelt the first half, have a rest, recuperate and then go again in, in the second half of the season. So it's going to be a packed schedule, but it's not going to be quite the same as, as what it was last season for him where he just had to go and go and go and go and eventually he just couldn't go any further I think I think next season it's it's kind of perfectly set up really for him to come out with the blocks flying and the contract I think will will only add to that yeah you say he's played a lot of games hasn't he like obviously Liverpool played every single game that was available to them last year and he obviously went all the way in AFCON but and on a personal level I'm sure he'll be gutted that he's not in the World Cup but for Liverpool fans we can kind of just say right He's he's rested for the for the winter at least, and um, you know the, the, these contract negotiations for three hundred and fifty grand a week they must be intense, and, and when they're dragged out as well, it must have a bit of a mental toll. And I think Jurgen Klopp's come out and, and he said quite a while ago that he has absolutely nothing to do with them. He leaves it to other people in the club to like sort these contracts out. So how? Big of an importance does it have that Klopp is just maintaining relationships with players and not not getting involved in these because you've, you've seen in the past where players have fallen out with managers and they're not going to affect it as on the squad. And like the character that Salah is, 
you can see that like he's clearly a good lad and to have him in in good form both emotionally and physically on the pitch is not not a bad thing yeah i think it's it's very deliberate isn't it i think he's he's always one of those we've seen comments from Sadio Mane since he left kind of saying that Jurgen Klopp wanted to keep him and he told him that he, how much he loved him and how much he's going to miss him I think probably that's true I think probably Jurgen Klopp did say that to him but at the same time it's up to other people within the club to be ruthless and say they've got to make these big decisions I think you know it's it's all right for Jurgen Klopp to be able to to put his arm around a few of these players and, and kind of coax them through it but it's it can be no bad thing that it's not him who has to to say to him actually we want you to go we need the the money to go and get Darwin Nunez or we need to to kind of reduce the wage bill and, and all of that kind of thing I think I think Jurgen Klopp plays that role perfectly doesn't he and I'm sure he has a, a huge say in in which contracts get done and, and which players are kind of let go at which time but yeah like you say to to be able to to be harmonious within the squad and, and keep that kind of away from the rest of the players and away as much as they can. I'm sure they do talk about it in the dressing room and that kind of thing, but to, to kind of keep that separate, I think, is is no bad thing. So, yeah, a big role, I think, for, for Jurgen Klopp to have played, but ultimately it, it kind of worked out well for, for both parties. I think it was the right decision to move Sadio Mane on and absolutely the right decision to give Mohamed Salah a new contract as well. Yeah. Well, I think we'll leave it there. Um, as we know, pre-season is nearly upon us, so make sure that you keep up to date with all the Blood Red channels and socials. Uh, keep commenting, liking, and subscribing to all our videos, and have a nice day. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red channel.